This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 230, and I'm talking with the men's team from Hoka'ane Ane Northern Arizona Elite Team. I'm so excited to be down here in Atlanta for the Olympic Marathon Trials, and I was able to sit down with Scott Smith, Scott Fobble, and Sid Vaughn to hear all about their training and how they're feeling going into the trials. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker creates evidence-based solutions that are simple, clear, and actionable. You get your blood work done and you have results that analyze and tell you what you should be putting into your body to optimize everything that you're doing with your training. I use it and I find it extremely helpful, specifically in regards to my iron intake. I know what I need to be taking and how I need to be optimizing the nutrition I put into my body so that I can run healthy and feel healthy. You all can go to InsideTracker.com and use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. Go to InsideTracker.com and use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order. Thank you, InsideTracker, for supporting this episode of the podcast. And thank you to the Omni Hotels for opening up your space to us to record these interviews. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Scott Smith, Sid Vaughn, and Scott Fobble. All right. Well, we are now sitting with the men's team, the Northern Arizona Elite men's team with Hoka Ane Ane. And we've got Scott Smith, Sid Vaughn, and Scott Fobble here. Guys, thank you so much for doing this two days before a really big event in your lives. No problem, Lindsay. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Are you sick of interviews? Have you done 9,000 interviews yet? Uh, I think we've all done quite a few, but um, we'll always make time for you. Oh, good. Okay, good. Well, here's the deal. I have made my way through the Northern Arizona elite team interviewing lots of people, but Sid, I have not interviewed you yet, so we're going to have to schedule a one-on-one after this. All right, looking forward to it. Okay, awesome. Well, how how are you feeling? When Who got to Atlanta when? I know people were in Orlando getting acclimated to the heat. What's going on? Did you get here today? No, we all got in here on uh, Wednesday. So we were all down in Orlando and just popped up okay. real easy Wednesday morning. Okay. I saw you guys were doing some shirtless runs down in Orlando. Yeah. Feeling good? Are you feeling? How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, it was real nice to go down to Orlando and um, be at sea level or just above it, which was really nice. Um, it's just easier to run. You feel good every day. Um, so that, that was a real nice um, kind of added bonus to getting used to what potentially could have been a hot day on Saturday, although it's looking pretty nice in the Eastern time zone. So, um, yeah, I think we all felt good, had a fun trip, didn't bother Kellen too much. So I think we came out pretty good. What do, what do you mean by didn't bother Kellen too much? Uh, Kellen's pretty introverted. So, oh, um, yeah, right. So when we go on these trips, sometimes she can get real bored <laughs> and she just kind of, uh, yeah, shuts off. So, um, I think this one was really good. She had a puzzle, so she could hang out with us when she wanted, <laughs> watched a few movies with us, but uh, really went to her, her puzzle when, when times got tough. What uh, what movies did you watch? Uh, let's see. We watched Inglorious Bastards, okay. um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, End of Watch, 
and uh, Jojo Rabbit. And Parasite. Parasite. We watched Parasite. Oh, yeah. My husband just watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he he said it was really good, but he was up till midnight, so I was not going to try to do that with him. It's very long. Yeah, yeah, it's a long one. Um, Were you, like, prepping for your podcast, the showrunner's podcast, when you were watching the movies? I'd like to believe that I'm kind of always prepping for the podcast, thinking of things to say, but... um, uh, no, we didn't. We didn't do any any podcasts. Uh, we should have though. We should have banged out an end of watch one. I think that would have been great. Um, would have been some fun things to say there. Okay, so tell me how it feels going from running at Elevation to then getting acclimated in Orlando, and like, how how different does that feel for you right now? Um, I don't know if it was the sea level as much of it is the taper. You just kind of mm. naturally start to feel better running less mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing I noticed, and this was a long time ago, but now that I've since started to live in two different places, one being altitude and one not being altitude, is um, when you come down from altitude, it's not like this immediate, oh my God, I feel so good. It's just later on in runs, you're kind of, it's not feeling any harder than when you started with runs or workouts and in races. Um, I think I thought when we, I first started training professionally at altitude, I'd come down and just feel so good from the start. and that just wasn't happening, but I get later in the races and I was feeling much stronger than I had been previously. So I, I think that's kind of the difference for me, at least personally. Yeah. I think it was nice just to be able to also run, um, true marathon pace as opposed to just mm-hmm. having to do effort up at 7,000 feet. So it's kind of nice to really feel that rhythm and you know what it'll be like on, uh, on Saturday, even though there's probably gonna be a lot of pace change, but we've worked on that too. So I think that was probably my favorite part, just getting to actually run, run faster than we usually get to. Yeah, is that challenging to, I mean, you've been doing it, some of you have been doing this for a very long time. Um, is it challenging to do like effort, like this is what my marathon effort will feel like because you're at elevation? Does it, does it, is it hard mentally to do that or are you just totally adjusted to that? I think it's easiest with the marathon um, because the pace is supposed to be pretty relaxed. So even if you don't feel great for the first couple of miles, um, it comes around pretty fast. I think it's harder when you get down to faster distances um, just because it's such a higher muscular toll Mm. and we can touch, like we can run marathon pace at altitude. It's just more of like a half marathon effort. So Mm. muscularly we're more ready for it than say if you were getting ready for a 5k or 10k where it's actually really difficult to touch those paces for any sort of extended period of time. Yeah. Are you sick of running hills or do you enjoy hills? Sick, sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was never, was never uh, enjoying it in this segment. It was yeah. always hard. Yeah. I've always been more of a hill guy. So really? I, yeah, I kind of I enjoy them. Um, I had just come off the Chicago marathon, so I had been just <laughs> running flat, even the same pace every single workout. So for me, it was kind of a nice change um, to to break up the – should I just keep checking? Is it an oh. Amber Alert? It's an Amber Alert, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I just maybe hit my phone too. Okay, this is real life, guys. Oh, no. Okay, well, I hope that the child is okay. Uh, it's okay, carry on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it was nice to have a different stimulus in the buildup and not have the same exact cookie-cutter segment that I had for Chicago if this were, were to be a fast, flat course. So I enjoyed the change. I don't know that I would want to go right back into another one of these segments, but, yeah, it was it was a fun segment. Yeah, I wonder about that because um, I oftentimes felt like feel like – oh, I want to run a flat, fast course because I want to run a fast time. 
But then I ran New York in the fall and it's fun. It's more fun because you're like changing up what you're doing. You're not just like locking in on this, you know, same boring pace. So tell me how you feel about that. Do you have feelings on hills versus not hills? I mean, I think for me personally, I, I definitely do better on the hills. Okay. Um, but there is there is something really, really fun and really challenging about just trying to get locked into a pace that's... Mm you're not quite sure if you can make it all the way but you can really you're really pushing to get all the way there and um, of course like Frankfurt where I debuted and Scott was there too um, that's its own set of challenges you know keeping the pedal down the whole way like you don't get any there's no time to catch your breath mm-hmm. like there is at a New York or a Boston when you're getting maybe a downhill mm-hmm. um, so I, I personally will probably run more hilly courses but um, I kind of would like to go back to a flat fast one and see what I could do yeah yeah that's the thing it's like you want to run the fast time but more fun on the hills um Sid I just since we haven't done a one-on-one I would just love to get like in a nutshell who is Sid and why did you choose to run with these these guys with northern Arizona elite yeah um let's see so graduated from the University of Georgia so just 90 miles down the road from here um in 2017 and I had some okay times as 29 low guy 14 low guy um for 10k and 5k and then I moved out to Boulder for um, 18 months, and I was training out there. Uh, and then I got the opportunity to come to Northern Arizona. And you know, I knew even in college that I wanted to be a marathoner. Um, and so whenever I got the opportunity to come train with them, uh, Scott and Scott, and be under Ben, I just knew that it was such a good spot for uh, me for my career at the time and going forward. Like you know, they're great marathoners. So if you want to be great yourself, you should surround yourself in that environment. I love that. Yeah. What is it like to train with two guys that you've probably looked up to and kind of watched their careers over the years as you were coming up? Yeah, it's, it's very cool, you know, and I draw a lot of confidence from it. This only being my second marathon, my first one didn't go well, but being able to train with them side by side, you know, I feel very confident heading into this and I imagine we'll run a lot of the race together on Saturday. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, from, you know, from what I've read and what people are saying, you guys have done a lot of your workouts, like all side by side, right next to each other. Um, that has to feel really good going into the race. Does having confidence in what, you know, what Scott can do and what Sid can do and what Scott can do, does that boost your motivation and, and how you think you can do on Saturday? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. Scott Smith. Um, I saw your tweet. I don't know who you were retweeting, probably Ben. And you were talking about how your, you know, your marathon times have been up and down a little bit. And he was talking about, (laughs) he was talking about your patience and you, you kind of said, yeah, patience and stubbornness. So can you just kind of talk on that a little bit, just like persevering through having a great race, having a not so great race and just kind of plowing on through anyway? Yeah. I mean, I just like, to poke a little fun at Ben when he leaves out some of the <laughs> in-between stuff because it wasn't just this 16, 216, 214, 212, 211 trajectory. There was a lot of bad – I don't even – some of them weren't necessarily bad. The tweet that we were just talking about it could be a little bit misleading because some of those were just absolutely brutal conditions. But, you know, there's oh, still true, very true. difficult marathons where I ran 224 at the World Championships in, like, 85-degree weather and humidity and – one of those was a 221 where I was six in Boston, but those <laughs> are still, you know, challenging marathons to get through and they're not these pretty times necessarily, but I think that running through those tough conditions and maybe not having that stellar, stellar PR next to my name, um, I've come to become less frustrated with later in my career because you can only 
control so much and i think that's a message that people get you know that gets harped on over and over but it really is true and if you let outside conditions dictate how you're going to approach the race um in terms of getting down mentally it's you're going to have a probably short career um so just learning to embrace all sorts of conditions or how i'm feeling on the day um, and learning to get the most out of myself regardless of conditions and what the time is at the end of the day doesn't really matter as much to me anymore as long as I know I competed well and can look myself in the mirror afterwards and say that was the best you could have done then um, I'm pretty happy with it but yeah there's there was a lot of hard miles in that tweet (laughs) yeah I was gonna say there should have been an asterisk next to the 221 noting that that was Boston 2018 because as a as a reader of the tweet I did not know that so yeah, yeah. I mean, that, it was a little misleading, maybe, but you don't get that many characters. So That's I, true. You, know, I, you have I to be know. mindful of yeah. that. Yeah, and I thought, I mean, it, it obviously performed better as it stood than if I explained why each of those times were bad. Was the Amber Alert going off again? Yeah, yeah. I heard it for a second. Okay. Um, well, let's talk about your 211 in Chicago. Did that bring you lots of confidence for going into the cycle, going into the trials? Um. Not as much as I would have liked. Okay. Um, there was a very good American field in that race. And my one of my main goals, aside from running a time, was to be competitive with the other men in that field. And I was the sixth American in that, just alone in that field. And you had guys like Scott and Galen and, you know, numerous other guys who weren't in the Chicago field that are as good or better than those 10 guys who broke 212. And I'm pretty far away from a top three spot. So... It was a little bit eye-opening. I think I that was a race where I was not necessarily super proud of how I executed down the stretch. I think I didn't come away with that thinking that I left everything I had out there. Just some mental mistakes and lapses late in the race kind of um, caused that. And I, in a way, it was not necessarily confidence instilling, but it was a big motivator coming into this segment because I knew I needed to get better in order to be to have a chance on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's a fresh perspective too. Like I just I need to get better. That's it. I got to get better. Yeah, sometimes running is just that simple. Yeah. Um now has running with Scott, like does that make you feel like you've elevated your training a little bit the fact that you guys can run side by side? Yeah, I mean, Scott's run in Boston was obviously huge for um himself personally, but also the team it kind of took vaulted us to new heights in terms of the public eye and um, there's this whole thing if American men could break 210 or not, which I never really bought into. It's just give them the opportunity, give us the opportunity, mm. and people will do it. Um, so for that to have come from our program was huge. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would like to think that there was a few times in my career I was close to that fitness, and I'd like to believe one of those times is now. Mm. And hearing Scott say that he feels as fit as he did before Boston is definitely confidence boosting. Yeah, I wonder how do you um – you know, I'm putting myself in, in your shoes on a different level and probably lots of listeners. Like, how do you think, okay, his times are faster, her times are faster than mine, but I can train with him. I can keep up with him. I can do this too. Like, how do you get your mind in that headspace? Um, you know, I, I never really thought too much about it. I just, what no matter what team I've been on, the goal has been to get to the top of it and work out with the top guys. And Sometimes it's a process, and now that I'm later in my career, sometimes those guys are younger than me. You know, in high school and college, it was like, I want to get to the level of the older guys. Um, So, you know, I 
you know, see the workouts that Scott does. And, you know, it's not just Scott. There, we have a very talented Ben's team. Like, I take a lot of confidence from Morgan Alicida as well, even though he's, you know, he's only run, run one marathon. But he's up there with Scott as well. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's I, I don't really, have never really thought about it, I guess, in that context that I'm like, okay, I got to get up to work out with this teammate. It's like, okay, I, I get to go work out with this person who's going to make me better today. Just do better, everybody. Yeah. That's the message, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of an elder in the field. I mean, you've got we've got Bernard Lagat, who's like 45, but you're... Yeah, he probably looks better than I do. <laughs> you're definitely an elder in the field. I was hoping you guys would all walk in with like the same mustache, but it looks like Sid's... Sid's got his. Sid's mustache. Well, I, sha- I shaved it off. I yeah, shaved it off Scott's this just got okay. a little bit of scruff. You're all in. You're not... Are you shaving that or are you... No, wearing, this, this is this much is to my wife's dismay. This is... <laughs> Staying on until after the race. I was going to ask you that because, you know, the last time we talked, you had just got married. So she's not a fan yeah, of the still mustache. Married. Okay, good. <laughs> We're still married. Great. We've made it a year. Awesome. Um, well, Scott Fobble, I'd love to hear you kind of talk about um, what, it, I mean, what does it feel like to be like one of the favorites going into this race? Um, I mean, I guess there's maybe a little bit of pressure there, but from the outside, uh, that pressure is significantly less than the pressure I would put on myself. And I'd put that pressure on myself, whether I had the third fastest time, the fifth fastest time, the 10th fastest time. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm fit enough to make the team. That's what I truly believe. So fit enough to win, I think. Um, so whatever other pressure other people want to put on me is kind of irrelevant. Uh, at this point, there's not much prognosticating that is going to make a difference. So, Um, I believe in the training, I believe in my fitness, and um, I believe in my talent and my toughness. So it's really all I can kind of do now. Um, So what from Boston, you know, we've rehashed this on this podcast. You've rehashed it with 9 million other people. But, like, what from Boston did you learn that you will take with you for Saturday? Well, I guess I'll, um, you know, since I have – I've talked about this a lot. I'll give you a different sort of thing. So coming off Boston, I didn't have a very good fall. Um, I was not 100% healthy. I could kind of trick myself into believing that I was 100% healthy because I could get through these workouts if I was really, really pressing because I'm, you know, I'm pretty talented and I'm pretty tough, so I could, I could get myself through these things. But when I went to race, it wasn't there. I couldn't get, like, the last 2%, and uh, I got exposed a couple of times. So after that season... Um, I really went to see some good uh, physical therapists and uh, identify sort of the deficiencies that had come from my injury a little bit before, but mostly coming off of Boston. And I think I'm in a better place physically right now. I think I'm moving better. I have more extension through my hips. My glutes are stronger. Um, I think we've addressed a lot of the deficiencies. So I think what I'm taking from the whole process of running Boston and then not being able to train at the level I wanted and not being able to race at the level I wanted, and then getting to here is just a, an increased appreciation of the amount of work that it takes, um, because I was doing a lot of rehab. I mean, you know, for a while, kind of at the beginning of the segment, when we were really trying to kickstart uh, the rehab process, I was doing you know, up to like 90 minutes of rehab a day, um, in addition to the running and stuff. So, um, and we've been doing, you know, two weight room sessions an hour, three times a week, on my own uh since then and i think we're in a better place because of it um but it was it was a long difficult kind of kick in the butt right when right at kind of the most important time of the last four years 
Um, so sort of an appreciation of the work that I've put in. Yeah. Yeah. That had to feel tough, but I've heard you kind of say as well that, um, it's probably really a good thing that it happened because now you're stronger. I hope so. Certainly hope so. All those clamshells better pay off, you know? Oh gosh. Clamshells. Are you still doing them? Yeah. 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 Every day? Uh, probably do them three or four times a week and okay. in addition to two weight room sessions. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, don't be shy. <laughs> what have you learned from one another on, on the run together? Cause you guys are doing hard workouts, but you're also doing easy runs. And I mean, Scott Smith over here is definitely like just a straight shooter. It sounds like just like work hard, you know, <laughs> like just do the work and, and, and try to be better. But surely there's some deeper things that you guys have, have learned from one another on the run. Um, I would just say, you know, even relating to what Scott just said, it's doing a lot of the little things that aren't very exciting to take care of your body and be prepared for every session that we have. Because whenever we're in the big block of marathon training, the weekends are very big, you know, and our midweek sessions are still pretty big, too. So if you're not really taking care of yourself from session to session, like you're probably not going to be able to, you know, get through it healthy just by you know, doing the bare minimum, it's like, oh, I went and got a massage. Like, that's not going to cut it. You know, you got a foam roll. You got to do, for me, you know, there's a lot of IT band stuff. I just got to stay on top of it. Um, and then I'd say really just um, kind of with this being my first marathon cycle under Ben, you know, uh, having these guys was a big help because if I was just doing these on my own, it'd be very hard to, like, get uh, read my own data and be like, man, that was like really hard. Or, you know, I don't really know how I'm supposed to feel coming off this. And there were some where it's like, I can't even feel my legs today. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to push through this, you know, 24 mile run where we have to run four miles fast at the end kind of thing and just hope for the best. But having them be like, oh yeah, we feel the same way. You know, it's reassuring and that's how you're supposed to feel. Um, I'm very proud in a fatherly way and I have been mistaken for Sid's father. <laughs> Of this segment. That's, that's hysterical. Uh, Have you really? Yeah. I got mistaken for his dad at bar trivia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so, so good. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't done a segment with us before. So to kind of jump in and be confident that he can work out with us and handle the segment and be right there. Not only just he, he could have very easily been in a number of workouts said, hey, guys, I've never done this before. I'm just going to key off you guys and let you guys do the work he was always there ready to take a rep when it was his turn or maybe sometimes when it wasn't even his turn so it was really cool to see um him buy into the program that much yeah do you guys feel like sid is a dark horse that people aren't talking about yeah he's like basically camouflaged yeah <laughs> who's this guy sid vaughn he's out there doing it yeah i kind of like that way though you do yeah 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 sid's extraordinarily fit i mean both these guys are gamers um gamers yeah i mean scott i've learned from him for a number of years now since really since we uh ran frankfurt together is that you don't really have to have like a awesome 100 percent great segment in order to have a great race he had a pretty terrible segment and then ended up beating me at the race really uh in frankfurt yeah um and sid you know i mean he had every opportunity to kind of feel like he was in over his head and and lean out and kind of back off in a few workouts or long runs or whatever and uh right there every single time despite not having gone through nearly as many um iterations of the segment or gone through the workouts as many times as scott and i so um you know we really brought i think uh, a really good big game kind of attitude to a lot of workouts this year do you think that your um relationships with one another like is it similar to what the women's team is like what's the difference 
we don't cry as much. <laughs> and maybe Do you don't cry hug ever? As much. Do we cry ever? Uh, I don't know. In private. Privately. <laughs> Sometimes well, uh, after the workouts. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you guys um, are are normally super out there with your workouts. And I've heard people mumbling that you haven't been maybe as out there with all the workouts. Is that true? I mean, I think that's uh, horseshit because Sid and I are both on Strava. They can find any, anything we I want. Thought. And also, split as why well. are people saying that? Detailed. Well, I don't know because they're ill-informed. <laughs> like that's just an incorrect thing to say if people are saying that. Um, and Have in you addition heard that? to that, no, I haven't heard that. And in addition to that, literally every single person's training log is on. Um, you can can be found on our website. If you go to our website, there's a tab that says training logs, and you can go to your favorite athlete, click it, and see every single day of training. Well, maybe I just made that up. Well, I mean, <laughs> you if got so, got fired up. <laughs> yeah, I did. So I'm I like scared. that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> well, it's I got a little like... riled up there. Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> Why did I think I heard that? For some reason, I thought that it was under wraps a little bit more. No, no. I think it's just as out there as it's ever been. All been in the open. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard people talk about the the 15 mile marathon pace workout being like a key workout for you all. Um, What are some workouts that have given you like really good confidence? Like this is we're we've done it. Like we're we're here. We're as fit as we're going to be. Is it that one? Uh, I don't know if. Yeah, that one is definitely one where you want to hit and you're like, okay, that's the one that kind of signals the most preparedness. But there was one pretty early on in the segment that was super fun that I think we both the men's and women's team were looking forward to. And they probably didn't talk about it because it didn't go as well for them. Oh, no, well, um, I didn't ask them specifically. Okay. Yeah, we had this workout <laughs> where we normally do a 15 to 20 by K session off a minute rest. Um, but this time Ben tailored it to kind of make it a little more race-like. So... We all did 12 by K and then had a 5K time trial at the end where the woman got an equalizer head start and we ran them down. So that was really fun. And obviously, like, our women are incredible. So it was like a way for kind of the men to kind of get a sense of where we stack up with them, which was really fun. Um, Because I I joke and say that, you know, it didn't go very well for them. They ran really strong. And so it it was a way for us to kind of get confidence from them, I I thought. And it was fun to kind of run them down and we swept them. So he just like calculated how much further back you should start to like come up on them. Yeah. 12 times a K and then a 5K all out time trial. Yeah, it was pretty messed up. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but it was. uh, What's the 12 times a K like effort at? It was like a half marathon effort. Okay. Okay. Yikes. That's scary. Um, Okay. So how do you prepare your mind for Saturday? What have you been doing to be ready to just really tackle this thing. I've been trying not to think about it too much. Um, I'm sorry. Here it's we all right. No worries. <laughs> We're in Atlanta. Now it's, I can't really help it, but, yeah. um, you know, Ben and I talk strategy with, I mean, Ben talk strategy with all of us on like Wednesday uh-huh. or Tuesday, maybe. Um, and at that point kind of just dealt with it, figured out what we wanted to do and then moved on, tried not to worry about it too much. Um, you know, it's going to come either way. And, you know, I've, I'm at, peace with the fact it's going to be really hard Mm. it doesn't really uh help me to dwell on it at all 
Yeah, I think uh, for me, you know, something been touched on when you were talking with him that I kind of had a rough go the past year. And I remember before um, he was out of town in Boston with some of the track guys whenever we were doing our 15-mile uh, steady state. And he texted me the day before and told me just to enjoy my fitness um, and really have a good time out there because before that one, I had only done 10 miles at 5.15 average. And so we went five further and average, I averaged four seconds faster per mile. Um, so it was a great day for me. But I'm kind of taking that um, into Saturday as well, you know, just to go out there and enjoy my fitness. It's It's been a while since I felt – really this strong and prepared for a race so I just am looking forward to getting out there and really like racing and um you know like Scott said it's gonna hurt at some point and it'll be very cool for me too because I've got a lot of friends and family in town so it's it's gonna be a good time I love that enjoy your fitness like it's gonna hurt really bad but you can still enjoy it. do you think that in races like when it when you're just oh this hurts so bad like do you try to position your mind in that way that it will hurt or no like that I can still enjoy this even though it's like so painful I can you know I can hardly handle it I think it kind of comes in waves you know and you just have to weather the storm at points where you know you just you get through the, like what may be a bad patch where it starts to hurt and then you know maybe a mile two miles later you're feeling good again yeah um yeah I haven't thought like overly thought the race I think um this is definitely my favorite race um, in terms of marathons that I've ran, it was the Olympic trials in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a fun, intense atmosphere, um, that's created by kind of the, what's at stake and what's on the line in terms of getting Olympic births. Um, and I, as a spectator of the sport, I really enjoy that kind of, of any sport, that kind of cutthroatness. And, um, so I, I'm just really looking forward to it. And, I haven't really let myself think past the finish line necessarily. I've been really kind of similar to these guys, knowing that there's going to be opportunities late in the race to find out if I'm as good as I hope I am mm. um, and to allow myself to make the decisions to find that out. And those are things that um, are reasons that I'm in the sport and I really look forward to those and I hope I can have good answers after the race to answer to myself. Yeah, I asked the ladies if they were going to meet up to jog in the morning to warm up and Alephine was like, no, Mm-mm. nope, I'm going to sleep in. And then Kellen and, and Steph said they were going to meet up. What's your plan? I'm sure we'll meet up tomorrow. Um, yeah. sun, uh, Saturday before the race. Oh no, no, not going to jog before the race. We'll warm up for the race probably together, but, um, probably won't, probably won't go out before that. Well, that's what I meant. Your oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to warm up together. That's oh, what yeah, I yeah, meant. Yeah, yeah. Alephine will warm up with the yeah, women Alephine as well. Alephine misunderstood the question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she did? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah. meant like whatever. How much do you warm up? Uh, probably 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe okay. less. Okay. I didn't mean like, are you going to go out on a six mile run in the morning? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Promise you. Oh man. Do you think you are, and this can really be directed at anybody, but do you think you're stronger than others might perceive you to be when they look at the field out here? I would say Sid is definitely, <laughs> yeah. um, Scott is basically one of the favorites, so I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he is. Um, I'm probably seated accurately according to my credentials. Um, I mean, that, that's the thing about, you know, times and yeah. it's a clock and mm-hmm. it's very easy to see where you stack up and I'm not just trying to be blunt again, but it's pretty easy to see the field based on marathon times and everyone kind of is fairly seated in marathoning and track and field in general. I think that's what makes it such a great sport, but I think we probably, I hope we outperform our seeds. Mm. That'd be pretty great. I'm seated third. 
You want to outperform that? Yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome. That would be really good for Scott. Yeah. Does this feel like the biggest race of your life so far? Uh, yeah. I mean, in a way, like Boston and New York are huge. Um, I've been to an Olympic trials before. Um, I think this feels bigger given that I, I am a favorite. Like mm -hmm. I don't feel like me making the team would be like a huge surprise to anybody. So maybe that added pressure is, um, is there a little bit, but, uh, you know, once the gun goes off, I don't think, I don't think I will, uh, be too worried about the, the size of the stage. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at it, it definitely is the, the biggest race of, of my life so far. You know, it was my first Olympic trials, uh, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it. You know, if you were to ask me, you know, maybe five minutes before the start, I'd probably tell you, yeah, because I'd be a little more nervous. But um, right now, you know, I think we've just done a good job of staying relaxed, so it doesn't seem like, you know, something that's overwhelming right now. Yeah, I think it, it's kind of one of those things. It's what you're in the moment doing is the biggest thing you have done. So um, at to that that this just happens to be Olympic trials and I think it would be fair to say that this is the biggest race of my life. Yeah, sometimes when I think about like when I'm when you're on a big stage, like what make what gets you most excited to do well? And sometimes for a lot of people I think it's like in twenty years when I look back at what I did that day, like will I be proud of the effort I put out? Will I be proud of the work that I did? Um, so I'm just curious, like, what gets you amped up? Like, what is, that's my motivator. Like, I want to look back on my life and think I did the best work I could do, and I, I tried my hardest, and even when people told me no, I went after it anyway. So, like, for you, what is that motivating factor that gets you amped up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say it's very similar to what you just said. You know, this is such a short window that we have an opportunity to be, you know, this good at a high level um, in this sport. And so, yeah, I think you don't want to look back with any regret um, whenever you have an opportunity like we do for Saturday. What gets you amped up, Scott um, Yeah, I think from a long-term perspective, it's finishing my career and knowing that I did everything I possibly could to be the best version of myself. Um, and then on a short-term kind of thing, it's there's a little bit of curiosity there. Like, I want to see exactly what all this the work that I did is worth kind of like I want to see what the final product looks like yeah I mean I'm a competitive person I think everyone is pretty competitive to an extent and this is kind of the best opportunity I have to showcase that competitiveness with if you want to go to the Olympics and you're an American marathoner you have to run this race there's everybody who is capable of running and wants to go to the Olympics is going to be on that start line and that's a really unique opportunity and the opportunity to be kind of exhibit that ultra competitiveness that I kind of subdue a lot of the time outside of running and outside of Papa Shot with the Bruce kids. Um, but yeah, and then also there's a lot of people, you know, I'm not one of the bigger names in the sport, so I'm not going to say like people say I don't have a chance because I'm probably not even in the conversation for people to say that I don't have a chance. But there are a lot of people who believe that I do have a chance that are close to me and that's a motivator as well. And it's not that they will think any less of me if I don't make the team, but it is an opportunity to kind of validate their beliefs in me and prove them right as opposed to proving people wrong. Are you recording? Like, vault audio? Yeah, because my card just filled. Oh, no. Yeah, that's okay. Mm. We can pull that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to wrap here anyway, so we're going to hope that his audio sounds really good. Okay. We, we can talk louder. Yeah. Can talk louder. Talk, talk louder. Let me move a little headphones. closer. Hold on. No, what I wanted to wrap, though, with is 
in a, I know that Scott and Scott, I know you guys are into music. Um, I don't know about you, Sid, but in a perfect world, what song is playing when you cross the finish line? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I think it'd be fun if uh, there was some Jay-Z. I think specifically his song, Banger, with Rick Ross, Fuck With Me, You Know I Got It, would be pretty great. I don't know if that's um, NBC appropriate, but <laughs> I think that ideally, ideally someone would be playing that as I won the Olympic trials. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they'll... They can, it can be like the edited version. <laughs> I don't know that that song is very good. There's probably a lot of silence in there. Ah, uh, true. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. If I'm top three, it could be like a beginner oboist. It'll, <laughs> it'll sound so sweet. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool if they had an Atlanta rapper out here. So, you know, maybe like Ludacris or Jeezy or something, mm -hmm. just doing a live concert at the end. That'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you doing this. I know this is a big, big weekend and you've had a lot of interviews. So I appreciate you taking your time to talk with me. No problem. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, everybody, big thanks to Inside Tracker for supporting this episode of the podcast. Go to InsideTracker.com and use the code ANOTHER to get 10% off your order. And thank you to the Northern Arizona Elite Team for taking the time out of your day to do this interview. All right, and if you're racing the trials, best of luck. You all, thank you so much for being here. Have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.